Hello, and thank you for listening to Brewery Radio. I am Patrick Rue, and today I have uh, Darren Moser, uh, one of my uh, great uh, co-workers here at the brewery. He is the production manager for the brewery. What's up, Darren? Uh, how much? How you doing, Patrick? I'm good. I'm good. I hear this is your second podcast experience. Yes, uh, second time around, so um, should be fun. Yeah, it's in person this time, so I can give you awkward looks while we do this and <laughs> make it even more uncomfortable. Yeah, well, no, it'll be fun. A uh, nice little break from from the routine. Awesome. So um, I'm going to ask what you did before you got into this beer thing. Uh, not a not a whole lot. Um, I actually got uh, got into brewing um, right after, well, during my undergraduate uh, program and. Uh, and jumped um, jumped right into brewing as a career, uh, but uh, I I did uh, quite a bit of home brewing um, during that period of time, and uh, worked worked a few odd jobs along the way. But um, but I kind of kind of knew that brewing is what I what I wanted to get into. Um, I'm less sure of that all the time, but uh, <laughs> but but it was uh, I think a good choice. Awesome. Uh, so did you get into, or how did you get into brewing? Was it something that, you know, when you were, uh, you know, 13 years old, you, you wanted to carry around a mash paddle or what? Yeah. No, um, not exactly. I actually, uh, I went to college um, at Juniata College in Pennsylvania, and um, I was pursuing a degree in uh, natural history, um, which is uh, basically um, biology with the addition of um, geology historical geology and environmental science um so that was the course path i was taking and um i wasn't particularly a great student um admittedly and uh my advisor taught uh an art and science of brewing course and he was um he was an ecology and biology professor and, and this course was intended for uh elective credits basically for seniors who um, had their stuff together and wanted to have some fun, but uh, we had a good relationship and there was an opening in the course and um, and I ended up taking that and and really enjoyed it uh, really excelled at it um, I was motivated by it and I ended up working with him uh, again and and uh, on some independent research um, so uh, my, my last year of college, I was doing independent research in brewing, uh, working with different yeast strains, um, and really kind of diving into more or less home brewing scale in a lab setting, mm-hmm. um, which was really fun. And, and I got to earn some credits uh, for it. And it was through that experience that I decided I wanted to go to the UC Davis um, Master Brewers program uh, after I graduated. So, so that's the path I took. Rad. What, what was the name of that teacher? Uh, his name is Todd Gustafson. Um, if he's if he's out there somewhere, hello, Todd. What's up, Todd? Um, yeah, he's, thank, you. Uh, thank you for making uh, Darren into a, a brewing <laughs> genius that he is. Uh, he's a Todd was an interesting guy and and um, very very patient and found a way to allow me to succeed academically. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so out of UC Davis, what was your first brewing job? Uh. I I started working with uh, Trumer Pills in uh, Berkeley, California, and I actually applied there for uh, for an internship, um, and they offered me a full time position. Uh, the Trumer Brewery in Berkeley had been open for 
uh, producing beer for roughly about a year in the United States when I started working there. Um, maybe not quite. Um, started there in June of 2005. And um, as as many of our listeners may know, um, but may not know as well, uh, Trumer only makes, at least in, in the, at the Berkeley plant, uh, only makes one beer, um, German-style pills. Sounds pretty nice, doesn't it? Uh, well, it, conceptually. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, but it was a great little brewery. And um, when I started working there, I, I mean, I knew nothing um, uh, really about production brewing. Uh, I was just looking to, to learn, really, and kind of put, the, um, put my education to use. And ended up working with a really great team. Uh, from from a higher level leadership, um, Jaime Hirado uh, was with Gambrinus Company at that time, mm. um, and um, Carl Ockert uh, was at Bridgeport, um, Peter Takas at Shiner, uh, and of course um, my supervisors Lars Larson, uh, Bart Malloy. Um, really great team that I that I was able to learn and, and learn from and grow with, uh, and I ended up uh, working with Trumer for almost eight years. Uh, and I left there as the production manager um, when I finally moved on. So nice. uh, it was wonderful beer, um, wonderful experience, and uh, we grew a lot while I was there. Yeah. So. What did your first uh, job look like there? Like you show up day one or, you know, let's say a few weeks in, are you washing kegs? Are you um, – how, how – uh, I guess how much does a UC Davis education get you <laughs> as far yeah. as skipping some of the some of the things that maybe you didn't uh, study for? Um, you know, and that that's a that's a good question. I think um, you know every 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 brewery is structured a little bit differently, and uh, the way um, <clears throat> excuse me uh, the way that um, staff structure uh, was set up. Uh, every brewer kind of um, did everything more or less, and it, it took time to train up on things, but uh, typically started out with easier tasks. Um, uh, kegging beer, of course, yeah, a lot of cleaning. Um, but uh, typically um, some of the harder tasks were actually uh, running beer filtration uh, and finishing and actually uh, even running uh, the filler because our brewing staff also – ran packaging. We didn't have separate staff at that time. Um, eventually it evolved into that, but, uh, but there was a lot going on right out of the gate. Um, and we worked with a certain level of automation, uh, and a lot of manual tasks as well. But, but it was pretty much, um, you know, within a couple months, uh, running the brew house or filtering beer and, and, uh, it was, it was go time in a lot of ways. Yeah. So cool. Yeah, Trumer Pills is one of my favorite beers. Um, you don't see it that much in Southern California, but in Northern California, you see it all over San Francisco, and just um, yeah, it's such a fantastic beer. Yeah, it's uh, I I try it when I can when I can get it. Um, it's best fresh, of course. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I think Southern California has um, been a tough market with you know Firestone making some pretty good pretty good uh, lighter beers as well down here and and. Uh, it was a, I think, a late market for them. Um, yeah. But they still do a decent amount of volume for one brand, oh, which yeah. is, which is nice. Pretty cool. Yeah. I hear every once in a while uh, they release a, a dry hopped version of the pills. Maybe maybe that makes it into a second beer, or maybe not. 
Yeah, they, they, uh, I think they did that actually shortly right after I moved on um, because it was the only way that they could pour at, like, Firestone Beer Festival is if they showed up with something different. <laughs> but, um, I'm not sure about that. So. Cool. So after Tarumar, uh, where'd, you, where'd you move on to? Um, I ended up uh, – I started to look for different positions and um, kind of at that point knew that I wanted to – uh, be in a leadership position um, uh, in brewing, and uh, I ultimately uh, was offered a job um, with Maui Brewing Company. Uh, Garrett Marrero um, uh, offered me a position as director of brewing operations uh, and kind of leading um, their expansion on Maui. Uh, and I left Schumer in. September of 2012 uh, to move to the move to the islands. Um, so I worked with Maui Brewing Company for subsequent three years, um, living on Maui, uh, and that was wonderful experience. Cool. Oh, yeah, I love Maui beers, especially coconut porter. Yeah, amazing beer. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, all really good beers. Uh, I mean, they the company has evolved so so much, and it's nice to to uh, see them making good beers and still growing. Yeah. So how is it making beer on uh, an island that's several thousand miles away from the mainland? Really hard, really hard, and um, it, it actually like it actually lends a lot of appreciation to you know their continued growth. Um, but you know there there's so many um, you know in in making beer, uh, making beer is actually pretty easy. Um, making beer on larger and larger scales and. Uh, running it as a business is very difficult, and on an island, um, every business is difficult. So shipping and logistics um, played a huge role in 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 what we had to pay attention to there, um, and then also product quality because uh, not only are we moving things in to make beer, then we're moving beer out um, often and many to- many times to places that we don't necessarily get to see what happens to it and um so it it was it was challenging uh and very expensive everything everything is expensive in hawaii and and shipping only adds to that yeah it's amazing that the beer can come back to southern california and it's pretty reasonably priced it's you don't see a huge um premium for it being shipped you know so far Mm -hmm. um but yeah guessing the margins are a little bit less than selling on uh on maui uh yeah, there I think it ends up being um I'm sure it ends up working out. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> awesome. Um so how does working at uh, the brewery uh differ from some of the other places you've worked? Oh, I I think it's um other than your a-hole boss. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh um meaning me. I'm not Yeah, kidding. no, that uh well, um I I would say less so. Um <laughs> but uh <laughs> It's really interesting. It, it for me personally, um, I think you know there's things here uh, that we do that I have not done at all before. I mean, our, our barrel aging component um, is is a really big one that I'm learning a lot about. I've learned a lot about in the past year, uh, and I really enjoy. You know, it's a whole um, kind of a whole uh, whole chapter of beer making that hasn't been 
um, a big focus for me. So I like that a lot. And uh, and even just working with um, some of the higher gravity beers that, that we do, uh, fermentations have been a real challenge, and and that's a fun one. Um, for me, it's, it's actually uh, interesting because I'm – I feel like I'm able to uh, stay motivated with uh, with new challenges, but um, but it's also a little bit more relaxing because uh, in general we're we're dealing with um, some smaller volumes than than I've had to manage in the past, and and uh, it's a little bit more forgiving even from a creativity perspective. Um, if I do compare it to uh, Truma or even Maui. Um, those were those businesses were driven primarily by large volumes of um, one or two significant brands, and uh, there's a certain mundaneness to that where, that we don't have here. Um, we're doing something different all the time, which is really fun. Um, and I, you know, even though I don't work directly with it, uh, the mixed culture fermentations and things that we do at Taru yeah. are also very interesting, even from a wort production perspective, because some of the things we want in the wort are very different. Um, for the sour side that I, that I haven't worked with before, so it's, it's good. Cool. Well, thanks for uh, I don't know being uh, dealing with the constant uh, change that we have around here. Uh, ch- change is the only constant. Yeah. <laughs> so I know it could be frustrating for some people who come from you know larger production environments. Like, hey, how about you just narrow it down, and um, I can keep making these beers better and better. But instead, you know, we constantly make new things. So making our processes better and better rather than individual beers better and better. If that makes sense. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, so what does a normal day look like for you? Um, it's, uh, not a lot of constants as we just covered. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but no, a lot of, um, a lot of what I do on a day to day basis is make sure that we have, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, tools in place, really for our or or rather the staff of brewers that um that I uh manage directly here at the Dunn facility um they're a really talented and passionate group of guys and and um so what my primary focus is is to be the middleman between uh where, where our sales and release demands are and provide the provide the tools for our, our brewing team to be able to execute and meet deadlines and um, also have reasonable work days uh, and then kind of coach and guide on on uh, specific problems that might come up in that process and um, I really enjoy that uh, we have a we have a great team and um, they work pretty independently um, I know that they all have the best interest of the beer in mind so uh, in some ways makes my job easy. And I, I really enjoy that. Uh, and a typical day is just ensuring that, that they have what they need first and foremost. Right. So. Awesome. Um, so with introducing offshoot, how have, uh, how, how have things changed for you or changed in the brewery environment? Yeah, it's, um, it's definitely interesting because I, uh, from the perspective of some of the things I mentioned with learning, learning about barrel age beers and, and kind of getting the flow down and optimizing certain processes for, for some of the other beers that we're known for, uh, that landscape is changing with getting into, um, uh, what I, what I would refer to as, um, fresh beers, uh, 
so hop beers and, and um, uh, more traditional fermentation profiles. Uh, and it's really, it actually is changing quite a bit in, in how we approach uh, brewing, scheduling, um, and even some of the techniques that we use. Uh, but it's fun. Um, I, I think that it's kind of pushed us uh, to examine what other brewers are doing a little bit. Um, and it's also uh, kind of changing how um, we look at the the processing of our beers. Maybe ha- even not not having to pay attention um, so much to uh, volumes and things like that, but really uh, freshness of the beers. You know, freshness and uh, if we re- want to get into the technical side. Um, dissolved oxygen, yeast off flavors, some of the things that we might not be as concerned about in beers that are going to age in a barrel for a year plus right. all of a sudden become really, really important issues for for beers that are um, going to be consumed very quickly. Um, and and that's fun. It, in some ways, it, it kind of lines up with things I've done before, but it's still, still a – I mean, we're talking a, a really a new style of beer – that's come up in the past two, three years. So yeah. um, it's interesting. Yeah. It doesn't even have a category at uh, GABF or no. yeah. BJCP. Um, so just to, uh, I didn't mention what offshoot was. So uh, for our listeners who maybe aren't familiar, we launched a new IPA brand, um, I believe in April, and uh, doing monthly releases of two different beers, uh, usually kind of complementary to each other. Um, pretty. Uh, the beer is delicious and the labels are really cool. Um, so definitely check it out at offshootbeer.com. We'll start distribution here really soon with a beer called uh, Relax, uh, which doesn't make for much relaxation right now because we have a bunch of tanks full of it. Uh, so a lot of work going on. Um, so, Darren, what's what's the strangest ingredient you've ever worked with? Oh, I – so this is, this is going to be a little off only because, you know – being at the brewery and working with so many, I mean, you name it, yeah. we use it. Let me rephrase. Like, is there anything <laughs> that said, so, okay, Darren, so we're going to, we're going to make a beer with this. Uh, yeah. What, what has uh, raised red flags and being like, what the hell are you guys doing? Um, <laughs> again, um, I would say breadfruit at Maui Brewing. <laughs> oh, breadfruit. Nice. Yeah. Okay. That, that's uh, even, even given the landscape of strange things that we use. Yeah. And it actually it turned out in the beer okay. It's actually uh, uh, like a starchy fruit, but um, you have to keep in mind I had come from Trumer Pills, where if we used anything but Pilsner malt, it was strange. Yeah. Uh, to <laughs> to a place where we we're um, processing both unripe and ripe uh, versions of this fruit, and is um, pretty eye opening to me. And and I think. Uh, um, uh, I I can't actually say that that was much fun in that moment, but in <laughs> retrospectively, it, it should have been. Was, <laughs> was that for a larger production run, or was that at the pub? Uh, no, it, it was a it was a it was a canned release. Oh wow! So it was a little bit yeah interesting. That's cool. Yeah, I've never even had bread fruit. What sort of quality to did it add to the beer? Um, it kind of um. A little bit of a tropical uh, quality, but almost like a, um, a thicker mouthfeel, um, and it's it has a it's reminiscent of like an overripe, uh, like a generic overripe fruit hmm. quality, um, and uh, it actually is used um, 
indigenously in a, in a variety of kind of states as a as a starch source. So yeah, interesting. Yeah. Might be good in an offshoot beer. Give the extra viscosity or mouthfeel. Yeah, it could. Yeah, yeah. we're cool. Uh, is there any ingredient that you've always wanted to work with and uh, just waiting for that opportunity? Yeah, you know, actually, I, I, um, I'm kind of a traditionalist in terms of beer styles. I really, I really enjoy the history of brewing. Um, but one thing that is not necessarily a new or novel idea, but I'd never personally have made a beer with that I, I, I think is interesting is like an oyster stout or mm. even the even the possibility of incorporating other seafoods. Um, I don't know the idea of like nice. a, a paella beer with like shrimp and mussels and yeah. <laughs> different things. It, it sounds interesting. I, I I don't know that I could stand behind whether it would be good or not, but Pilot just system. that <laughs> yeah, just that that idea of you know the, a very traditional style like an oyster stout, which is well established, a variation of that. Um, uh, and I like seafood a lot and yeah. eating in general, so nice. it sounds cool. Maybe you could do it as like a Whirlpool edition to where you're uh, just cooking that stuff and, you, and then we get to eat it. Yeah, 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 something like that. Um, I don't know. Uh, and that's something that I uh, – it intrigues me. So. Nice. I like it. Um, so I posted on Facebook to get some uh, other questions, and uh, apparently I didn't give it too much time. But uh, Keith, who works with us over at Taru, uh, when the production leads over there, or the production lead, um, asks, how many Hawaiian shirts do you own? Um, quite a few. Uh, I, don't, I don't actually know if I can give an accurate count, but it's, it's, it's in the 15 to 20 range. Oh wow! So and I got rid of some. My wife made me. Yeah. So yeah. So so what's your deal with Hawaiian shirts? I, I love Hawaiian shirts, by the way. I don't own any, but I love watching other people wear Hawaiian shirts. Um, so what inspired that? Well, I I used to. I this is really kind of embarrassing at this point, but <laughs> I wore Hawaiian shirts before I moved to <laughs> Maui. Nice. And um, you know, it's kind of it's kind of funny because locals there, like a Hawaiian shirt is is almost kind of. Um, like for locals or people that live there almost it's either mocked on a daily basis or you wear it when you're actually legitimately dressing up to like go out to dinner or something. And, um, I just kind of kept it going almost ironically and, and, uh, I don't know. They're comfortable too. Yeah. (laughs) I was thinking maybe you worked at Trader Joe's at some point in college or something. No, no. Um, not, uh, no, (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you being on Brewery Radio. Um, any last words? Uh, no, I just, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited for, uh, for 2018. I think, um, I think there's a lot of uh, interesting beers um, uh, that, that we're going to put, be putting out, um, both for our societies, but also for, uh, for bigger release. And, um, you know, craft beer is, is ever, ever evolving uh and um you know just when it just when it seems like like it's it's getting mundane um the landscape changes and and i think 2018 is going to be uh an interesting year for craft beer and i'm excited to be a part of the part of the brewery team going into that so awesome i should also mention uh darren and his wife uh, just had a son uh, a few months ago so congrats yeah. uh, he looks thank you uh darren Still seems to come to work and be super happy, even though he has a child at home. So congrats on that. Thanks. (laughs) Cheers. Cheers.